0: This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates' Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It's Eric Walton, Reverend Walton from Jail Ministry. And uh, glad to see you again. Glad to be with you. We've got a full be- full page of teaching today. So let's go ahead and get started. You take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. We'll start there. We really want to be in First Kings 15. And the title of the message is The Excuse Man. The Excuse Man. He's always got an excuse for disobeying God, amen, and uh, uh, there's another name for that, it's called the sitting man, amen, and we all like to say, well, everybody sins, amen, But, but this guy is King Saul, and he was put into his position, and God said, I anointed you and put you in position of king, you know, because you're replacing me. All right, and, I, and it's not that God wanted to replace God. Uh, the, the, the Jews had asked for it. Well, give us a king like everybody else has got all around us. So he replaced him with with King Saul. Uh, there's three points to the message. 1 Samuel 13, 1 Samuel uh, 28, and 1 Samuel 15. And we'll spend most of our time in 15. I really want to kind of go through a history uh, uh, and... Uh, it, 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 we're going to briefly cover over real quickly uh how he got to where he was at. And uh 15 is the climax where God says, "It repenteth me that I have made Saul king. I'm sorry that I put him into this position." Now, understand something. I I don't want to say a lot about it now and get ahead of myself. Understand something. God knew from some Time before he before he spoke the world into existence. The king Saul would come along, and Saul would do what he did. God does not judge you on it or count it against your account until you actually do it. Amen. Even though He knows, because He has foreknowledge, we existed in time, linear time. One, two, three, four, five, six. God exists outside of time. He's seen everything from beginning to end. You know, and uh, in the end of the day, when I get done with this message. Read and obey. Read your Bible. Pray and obey God. Pray is an often, often, awesome responsibility or ability. Amen. So by now you've turned to Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. We'll go to 1 Samuel after that. And uh, let me read this verse and then we'll pray. He who covers his sin... Now, I'm going to say he, King Saul, who tries to cover his sin or hide his sin, will not prosper. Amen? Make sure you understand the words. Sometimes we read so fast, we don't really pay or think attention or pay attention to what does that mean. There's reading and there's comprehension. He that covers his sin will not prosper. That is a promise from God Almighty. God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. I said that, uh, one, for illustration of this message, two, so I can be clean with God and God can anoint and put His power and His Spirit on me, dear Heavenly Father. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have Mercy, Amen. I don't know about you. I want mercy. Mercy is God not giving me what I deserve. God, please, please give me your mercy. And he will. And he will. So Saul got in trouble. And we'll see it when we get to chapter 15. Samuel kept pointing out, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. He kept telling him what he was doing wrong. And Saul kept making excuses and lies and twisting and turning and, and just conniving. And he says, oh, well, okay, all right, okay, well, I sinned. Well, come with me now and, and, and make me look good in front of all the people, though. Even though I said and I got caught, come, come with me now. It took him five verses to get him to, to admit he finally did wrong. And he's still lying. Let's, let's turn to chapter 13 of 1 Samuel. And remember, I'm, I'm going here, really, I'm not interested in it. Uh, uh, it it's so much, uh, uh, it could be a message in unto itself. But 13, uh, 8 through 14, we'll read there. Chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. And it says, then, then he waited seven days. Saul was about to attack the enemies of God. The enemies of God's people. Remember something. If they're the enemies of the Jews, they're the enemies of God. God's people were the Jews. Now today it would be Christians, alright? They're going to, it. they're attacking them and they're doing something. They're trying to subjugate God's people. And put them under their boot and under their heel. They're trying to mur- They don't even, the Philistines don't understand. You're working for the devil. You're trying to kill the anointed people. Satan has always wanted to destroy the Jews. Even now today he does. Read Revelation Revelations 12 and 13. And it says he's trying to man-child. Who's the man-child of the woman? It's Jesus Christ. He wants to destroy them. He wants to destroy the Jews and wipe them off the face of the earth. Next, now today, he wants to get Christians. He's always trying to make us look bad. If you notice, everybody who's a Christian on TV, they try to make Tim Tebow look bad. The greatest quarterback they ever had over there in uh, uh, Denver. He won the ball game, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and still that wasn't enough, you know, and they got rid of him. Why? Because he had John 3.16 uh, painted in his black paint under his eyes. And 90 million people went and read their Bibles to find out, well, what does John 3.16 say? So, so King Saul, then he waited seven days for Samuel to show up to bless the troops before they, they, they attack. Uh, according to the time set by Samuel, Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, watch this, bring, uh, excuse me, uh, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering. Only the priest can offer the burnt offering and the peace offering, not the king. Okay, here's his lane, the king. Here's the priest's lane. Uh, In the United States, we say there's a division between church and state. Amen. All right. Yeah, they do affect one another, but there's a division. Amen. Well, lo and behold, Saul done went and jumped over the fence, and he jumped over the fence without God's authority. Now, watch what he does. So Saul said, bring my burnt offering, and a peace offering here to me, and he offered the burnt offering. Now, as soon as he did it, Samuel was late getting there. Okay, they didn't have cars and SUVs and trains and airplanes and helicopters and, and uh, V-stall aircraft and all this other stuff. Man, Saul was late. His donkey may have died. Uh, he may have been a trapped by the enemy troops or whatever the case may be. All right. Uh, and now verse 8. Now it happened as soon as he had finished uh, 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 presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said... What have you done? Now, I was supposed to pray when we got done to Proverbs twenty-thirteen. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I ask your anointing and power on the message. I pray for uh, jail ministry, pray for all the folks incarcerated or not incarcerated who are listening to this message. I pray it would speak and do that that which you desire. Forgive me of my sin. Anoint me from on high. Let me say just that which needs to be anointed. Pray for Steve and everything that's going on here and uh, all the taping and recording that's going on today. Uh, Kevin and Rhonda. And and uh, just pray for jail ministry in general. Pray for Cheryl Baird. And uh, pray for Jerry. And uh, just pray it all works out to your glory and honor. In Christ's name, amen. Now, now, verse 11, Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, He didn't say, when I sinned and entered into the priest's office. No, no, it's the people's fault. I'm sinning so I can help the people. That you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. Man, what, what a. He, he's already making excuses. We're seeing his true character. This is terrible. This is terrible. It, it foreshadows what he's going to do. And by the way, the Jews, uh, uh, when we get to the end of this whole thing, many of them will die in combat because of his spiritual failures. Let me tell you one reason why I'm printing this, uh, uh, preaching this message. Well, the Holy Ghost told me to preach it to you. That's that's the main reason. But let, let me tell you some of the things about, you know what? You as a man, you need to be thinking about, am I a spiritual, am I an excuse man, or am I a confession man? Am I, am I the kind of daddy and husband I need to be? Am I the kind of church member I need to be? Am I the kind of citizen in the community I ought to be? I, you know, kind of went over this message in my head. The man who's doing the recording is a guy named Steve Cannon, and, and Steve's got five or six children, and uh, uh, Steve, all, all Steve's children are grown and married and have children and all that sort of thing, and, and all of his children are godly and live for God. And I thought, he was the kind of daddy you need to be. He was the kind of husband. You need to be. I, I could use myself. I don't have five or six children. I only got four, five. One's dead. So, but, but all of three of my four are living for God real good. One of them's kind of shaky right now. The oldest one, the forty-year-old, is. Amen. You know what? That's the real evaluation of a man's life when he gets to the end of his life. What what can you say about him? What did he leave God? Train up your child and the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart. Man, the guy the guy did it the right way with his kids. And you can see it in their walk and in their talk. Amen. And uh, the Holy Ghost laid him on my mind. And and I thought, man, you know, what a good illustration. So don't tell me it can't be done or you can't do it or whatever and all this other crazy. Only God can do it or only Jews can do it or only this. Or I was raised like this. All this. Other, that, those are all excuses. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Start living for God today. Well, I'm in prison. I'm in jail. I don't care where you're at. Start today, amen. Saul never learned to do right, and he never did do right. Let me let me read the rest of this for you. Let me, thirteen. So Samuel said, "You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which He commanded you. From for, for now, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel. Watch this. He would establish your kingdom forever." But now the kingdom's going to come to an end. He just got told, it ain't going to go past you. In verse 28, he gets killed. Three of his sons get killed. Or not verse 28, chapter 28. And you think, well, what, what happened? No, he gets told he's going to get killed there. in 31 is where he actually gets killed. And my, and my point, you say, well, what happened? He just kept disobeying God. The wages of sin is death. It doesn't matter if you're saved or not. Actually, knowing what the Bible says makes you more guilty. So when Samuel speaking to him and telling him what to do, and this was an already codified part of the law, Moses had written it five or six hundred years, no, six or seven hundred years before this. He just ignored what God had said to do. He just ignored it. He entered into the priest's office. What you're showing God is, I will not obey you or I'll obey you the way I want to obey you. What did I say back when we were starting to Read and pray. Read and pray and walk the walk. Amen. You know what? When you read it, God assumes you're going to do it. At least try to do it. Amen. And if you're having trouble do it, pray and ask God to help you do it. Amen. God will help you. If God helped me, he can help you. All right. By the way, I grew up in a broken home. I grew up in a mess. I grew up in the hood. I grew up poor, whatever you want to say, all kinds of stuff. Back when I was a child, they had Jim Crow laws. I mean, I'm so old, they had all that stuff going on. Man, none of that stuff stopped me from living for God, amen? None of it did. I could have said, well, I got excuses for why I didn't do what God wanted me to do. And uh, how much time we got, brother? And uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel 28 and we'll read that before we go to fifteen. Amen. Oh, good. We got some time. I didn't want to spend too much in one place. I want to get to fifteen, where he really, really shows out. Twenty-eight, three through seven. And uh, now, now, first he does that where he enters the priest office. Now he's about to go to a medium, a necromancer, or a witch. uh, witches have been outlawed, he is king up until this point. He's been king about 20 or 25 years at this point. God left him back in chapter 15. This is chapter 28. and and uh, uh, Now by the way, I said God left him. I didn't say he wasn't saved. You can't lose your salvation. You didn't get your salvation. You didn't earn it or work your way and earn it and get it or something like that. No, 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 no. The salvation is the grace of God which passeth all understanding. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But for by grace are you saved through faith, And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. You're saved by grace, not by your good works. If you could work your way to heaven, God didn't need to send send Jesus. All right. You just need to work more. Johnny, be good. Amen. So, so, but, but to get the blessings, you need to work. Amen. You need to work. You need to do right. By the way, you know what? Your real reason isn't to get the blessings. Your real reason ought to be just to do what God says. Amen. Just thank God. Just do what God says. Just do what he says. Now, verse 3. Now, Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah, in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and spiritists out of the land. Amen. Watch what he does. So since God isn't talking to him, he says, well, let me go to one of the devil's uh, uh, spirit people and ask them to call up Samuel for me and let Samuel uh, 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 help me out here, you know. And uh, then the Philistines gathered together. Well, let me skip that part because we ain't got time for that. Verse 7. Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire her. And his servant said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium in Endor. Amen. So there was a place called Endor. Some of y'all who watch Star Wars, uh, Endor is where this is where they got the name Endor from. They go in the Bible to find names in movies many times. Amen. Amen. Uh, Verse 9, then the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? Saul swore to her by the Lord. So he's swearing to her by by Jesus Christ. No, no, you ain't going to die if you do this. You ain't supposed to be doing this. And I put it, you know, by the way, he's hiding who he is. She doesn't know he's King Saul. And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up for me Samuel. Bring up God's prophet, God's man. Amen. And uh, uh, verse 14 Uh, uh, so he said to her, "What is uh, his form? Because she's bringing up the old man. That's that's why God. This is demonic. This is why you should have nothing to do with dungeons and dragons and all that uh, weird stuff and tarot cards and astrology and all that stuff. It's of the devil. The devil twists and perverted, it, and that's what he wants. He's always trying to come up with a face, false religion. Amen." And uh, she said, "An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle." And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, "Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up?" Uh, by the way, there are people. Let me tell you this: that don't believe that she really brought up anybody. She, they think it's all fake and phony. Uh, I do believe that it really did happen it did work out, because exactly what Samuel says that he's about to say right here: that the the spirit that she brought up. And the man, everything he says is going to happen, happens exactly like he said. It was 100% right prophecy that Samuel will make here. And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. (laughs) Then Samuel says, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? You say to yourself, I'm not God's enemy. Yeah, you are. If you're disobeying God, as far as God's concerned, you're His enemy. Amen? If you're willfully disobeying God, I'm not talking about you're ignorant. You're not ignorant anymore. I'm teaching you the lessons right out of the Bible. You're not ignorant anymore. All right? And, and, and some stuff you know you shouldn't be doing it, and you do it anyway. God is aware of it. It ain't like God, some old man up there and he's half asleep and half awoke sitting in his easy chair. No, God is a great king, a mighty king, and he is all-knowing, omnipotent. That's all-powerful. Omniscience, all-knowing. Now Samuel said to Saul, excuse me, let me skip down to 16. Then Samuel said, so why do you ask, or let's go to 17. And the Lord has done for himself as he has spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. We know him as King David. He will slay Goliath soon, or he already has. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Did you hear what I said? He said, because you disobey and did not execute his wrath against Amalek. You know, to obey is better than sacrifice. Saul thinks to sacrifice is better to obey. So it's better to obey. I keep saying it. Read, pray, and do. Read, pray, do. Read, pray, and walk. Amen. Do what he said. So the first sin was entering the priest's office. The second sin, by the way, that was a sin of impatience. The second sin is just willfulness. Willfully. He He's going, and uh, 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 well, the first sin was entering the priest's office. This one here is, is going to the witch at Endor. Uh, he done totally went over to the other side and corrupted himself. And um, uh, it's so sad to see what happens with this man. So turn over to chapter 15 with you, if you would. Thank you, sir. And um, um, we're not going to get done, but we're going to get a lot of it done. Now, you write down these passages. Go back and read the complete story for yourself, and and remember something. God put this in the Bible. Uh, Yes, it's historical, but He's really putting it in there for you to see how this man did. And you know what? You should say to yourself, "I seen what Saul did. I'm not going to do the same thing." And uh, I know I only got ten minutes left. You know, turn with me if you would to the left. I'm in chapter 15 in 1 Samuel, but turn over to Exodus chapter 20 and and there's something that's where the 10 commandments are in Exodus chapter 20 and in and, and, uh, verses 4 and 5 he talks about you should not make to yourself a carved image uh, uh, those are idols I want to skip down to verse 5 because we don't have a lot of time you should not bow down to them the, the carved images are idols nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God Visiting the iniquity of the fathers. Iniquity is done wrong or sins. All right. Saul's sin was willfulness, impatience, rebellion. The Bible would just say he was a rebel. All right. And that's what they'll call him. That's what Samuel will call him in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel. And, And his idol is Rebellion. I do what I want to do. I'll do what you want me to do, God, as long as I agree with it and I can see it and I can understand it. that That's sin. Amen. That's sin. And he's a rebel. I want to read this to you because most of the people listening to me are going to be men. And, and he says down here, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Your sin or disobedience or willful disobedience, even if you're saved, it's like you hate God. You notice Samuel said to Saul, you've made yourself God's enemy. Don't make yourself God's enemy. Don't make yourself God's enemy. Uh, um, Go back to chapter 15. And by the way, the reason they only go through the third and fourth generation of them who hate me. My best friend, Darrell Brown, died about three or four months ago now. Uh, Darrell never got saved. I got saved when I was 20. My life went this way, the right way. His life kept going that way, the wrong way. He had been sick for the last 10 years of his life. He couldn't enjoy life. Uh, He never did anything. He's had children, but he never raised any of them. He's never been married. Uh, He basically made a wreck out of his life. All right. He was a very big disappointment to his mama and daddy. When his mama got 85 years old and she was about to pass, she called me down in North Carolina and said, "Come see me before I pass. I'd just like to see you and your family, so I could see somebody who succeeded in life, and so I, so I know that my life ain't been a failure." Her husband John Brown had already died of just old age, and and uh, I thought about Durrow. He's like this of those those men who only go on their 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 lineage only goes on for 3 or 4 generations. Their their name only goes on for 3 or 4 generations. You know, you don't want to end this life and and it's all just death and destruction. Amen. Death and destruction. Turn over to 1 Samuel 15. Uh uh verses 1 through 3. Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Let me stop for a second. God has called you to be a husband. God has called you to be a daddy. God has called you to be a churchman. God has called you to be a citizen. Be a courageous citizen. Stand on the things of God. Be a courageous husband. Be Have a marriage like Christ wants it to be. Amen? Marry a woman that wants to do that. That's what I did. Steve's married to a woman that wants to live for Christ. They both want to raise kids for Christ. There is no debates and arguments and this, that, and the other and carrying on and hollering and screaming. No, we're raising our kids for Christ. We're having a Christian marriage. We're having a Christian home. We're having. We're going to support the community that's Christian, amen? I'm not talking about just the church, you know, the the politicians and all that stuff. And they have peace in the valley, amen? And they've had success for all these years. It's got to be like 50 years or something, thank you. Amen? So, God's saying here, I anointed you, I gave you my power as God made you king of Israel, and what you're supposed to do is, you make sure the people do exactly what I would have them do. I raised my children exactly the way I think God would. I was not perfect like God in raising them. I did the best I could do. I was wise because I listened and I prayed and read my Bible. I was wise. God, what do I do? The kid's telling me he's 14 years old saying he don't want to necessarily be a Christian. He said, tell him that's no problem. Oh, tell him that's no problem? Yeah, tell him that's no problem. I said, look, son, you living with me. I'm paying all the bills. You just roll with me for four more years. You'll be 18. You can do anything you want. But for right now, this is the way me and your mama roll. This is what we think is best. We can only do what's best. Please, son, just roll with us. And it worked. Amen. He graduated uh, from high school. And I said, son, we'll pay for you to go to the one-year Bible Institute over here at West Coast Bible College. And I said, then after that, you can go to college and go do anything you want. Amen. We'll pay some of the bill. We won't pay it all. We'll pay some of it. And he said, sure, Daddy. He went over there. Then he stayed there four years and became a preacher. And the other boy, he just he just grew up. The oldest boy just grew up, and he always wanted to be a preacher. All right, he's got a master's degree in the Bible. The other guy's a diesel mechanic, but he's faithful to church. He's single. He's looking for a wife. Twenty six years old. Amen. And I'm and like, I'm amazed. When I was raising him up, I didn't know it would work, but God is faithful and will not fail you. Amen. I kept on standing on the Word of God, reading the Bible with them, praying with them, not trying to ram it down their throat, saying, hey, guys, let's do this. You're a child. Follow your mom and daddy. And it worked. If it worked for me, it'll work for you. God is faithful, and he will not put more on you than you can bear. Thank you, sir. I'm going to read these other two verses, and we're going to have to stop. We only got three minutes left. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. This happened 400 years, uh, 350 to 400 years before this was written, before these events took place. They attacked the weak The sick, the lame, the stragglers, when they came up from Egypt, and they were, you've probably seen the movie The Ten Commandments with Charles and Heston. And there's always people that are slacking or lagging behind because they're either old, weak, broken leg, they got a limb that's broke. There's always somebody in the tail end. Amalek, God said, they're so evil, they're so wicked. They are the descendants of Esau, Israel's uh, brother, all right, Jacob's brother. All right. Esau is the grandfather of Amalek, the tribe of Amalek, and they attacked their cousins coming up when they were escaping slavery from 400 years of slavery. Amen. And he said, uh, I want you to destroy him and offer him to me as an offering, a devoted thing to me. Saul's going to mess this up, too. Amen. Saul's going to mess this up, too. I pray you don't be a Saul. Uh, Turn over to 28. We're out of time. Turn over to, uh, uh, um, no, 31, 2 through 6, and we'll stop. We'll just read about him dying, and then we'll pray. And uh, then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons. And the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadad, and michmau Saul's sons. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was severely wounded uh, by the archers. In other words, the wound, he isn't dead yet, but it is a mortal wound. He will die. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, least these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me, torture me to death. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. He still didn't die. Thank you, sir. Father, when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. Exactly what Samuel said would happen. The wages of sin is death. Don't die like this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for this time going over your word. I pray we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers. If you're not sure you're saved, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I know your son Jesus is the Savior. Please let him save me now. As best I know how. Forgive me of my sins and save me through Jesus. And help me not walk like Saul. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for your time. Remember, be a hearer of the word, excuse me, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. God bless you.